you get the open double gory, son. Double gory, son. Man, dude, I almost got screwed over today because of that. And So, I think that we're, we got a little Commander Cast connection here. It's tenuous. Tenuous at best. This is CommanderCast episode 253. We are a weekly source for community, strategy, and technology. Hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, CommanderCast.com. We're recording this on July 7th, 2016. I am, for the last time, your host of the show, William. And joining me today is Stark Maxim. Hey, Stark. Uh, it's me. I'm the guy everybody knows. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you are. So, let's see. Clay's not here. Mark's not here. I was say, well, it seems like particularly lonely here today. Yeah, well, everyone's getting ready to start recording a few episodes at a time starting this Saturday, and I want to give Mark just one more episode of a buff, just in case, you know, something went wrong with something. So, this is it, guys. This is last episode, episode 253, which is not a significant number to hit up on. I kind of wish it was, you know, be a little more appropriate. But, no, 253, it's a nice random number to not, I guess. I mean, Andy was 100, so... Yeah, and Gary's done over 100 episodes. Yeah. Alright then. So, guys, first thing we're going to go ahead and do is... Well... Hmm. I was going to say favorite commanders, but this is the last episode, so you know what? We Forget it. We're just going to... You guys already know what my favorite commander usually is. It Our do... favorite commanders are every commander, because every commander is special. Yeah. Although, if we wanted to be really funny, I would have said Gisela, Stark would have said Bruna, and by the time the episode would have been over, we would have been a horrible two-headed monstrosity. Mm, I like you, but not that much, William. Yeah. Hello. So, guys, this may be my last episode, but don't forget, I'm still creating videos over on the YouTubes for the Alpha Build, actually. By the time you're hearing this, I should have the new one up for Visions, which, it's not bad. It's not Mirage, but it's not bad. And the next one will be Portal. Yeah. And you can go ahead and see those videos if you pay an additional... If you're donating $5 a month to the Patreon, you can see those videos up to a week earlier. Not except this past week, because, you know, still recovering from fortunes and all that. I wasn't going to put cards in my patient, right? No. But you can also go ahead and donate us, you know, $3, and I'll let you look into, like, community stuff, $2, or even just a single dollar. You know what? That's just the thing. That's just the let us know, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. We want to help you pay for the website, pay for the, all the hosting fees and all that, because I'm pretty sure if we get to a point where we have to increase the data plan or something, that's going to cost us more money. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just a tip. You can support CommanderCast, too, by just giving in the tip. But hey, if a little more extra space, then we certainly won't. Uh, Goddamn, I can't do this as well as Calvin does. Where is he? He's currently on a bus. God damn it. It's all right. He'll be here at some point. I hope he's at least saying hi to Steve. Well, well, what are the odds that he's actually just sitting right down next to Steve, though? Like, uh, Steve... Steve's pretty be surprised. Or the odds of Emrakul showing up on Innistrad. Yeah, well, that's... Wait, that's already happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Steve... I wonder if he's going to get... That'd be interesting. Yeah, we can actually have Steve on the... Well, actually, it's not going to be my decision going forward. So... Steve, if you want to get on here, you're going to have to get in contact with Mark. And we'll have his contact in the show notes. So, guys, we're going to go ahead and get right into this. We're going to go into our technology segment, and we've got some pre-packaged action coming for you. Stay tuned. We'll be back.
today on Technology, we are doing a pre-packaged segment for the new Soul Separator. This is a super cool card. Now, if you weren't aware, Soul Separator is one of those new fangled electromagnetic things from Eldritch Moon. Stark, what is it? It doesn't have the page up that it should, because it's very bad at podcasts. Soul Separator is a three-cost artifact that is rare in the current Eldritch Moon set. For a 5 and tap and sacrifice a soul separator, you will exile a creature card from your graveyard. You will put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that card, except it's a 1-1. It's a spirit in addition to its other types, and it has flying. You will also put a black zombie creature token onto the battlefield, with power equal to the card's power and toughness equal to the card's toughness. To sum it up, you will get a zombie that is simply power and toughness, and then you will get a ghost that is simply the abilities, and also it is a 1-1, and that's fine. Yep, so, with our prepackaged segments, which we haven't done in a while, what we like to do is we like to take a build around the card, something like the Soul Separator, and we like to just kind of spitball some ideas that, of stuff that you can do with. So, first thing we're going to want to talk about are the potential commanders that you would want to put this card into to help kind of influence the cards that you're going to be building around. And, of course, it's a, what was it, a three-mana artifact that costs five to yep. activate? Yep. Ooh, you know what? You can use the Sun Titan this back. Interesting. Ooh, you could actually That's- use... That's almost as if it's connected to something we were talking about before the show started, Will. Yeah! Wait, what? Nothing. Go on. Yeah! So, guys, you're talking, looking at ways to kind of recur this so that you can keep using it. And there are a couple of commands that you can use for that. You know, the obvious one is Shroom, because hey, it's an artifact, you can go use Shroom, get that back. And with Shroom, you do actually have a lot of snow creatures that you want to keep getting value out of. You know, things that aren't necessarily artifacts, like the, uh, the Trinket Mage. Now, the other thing that ties into this is that Shroom also gives you access to white. And if you're white and green, or either one, you have access to populate, which is a great way to kind of populate either really big zombie tokens, just to ha- have, like, huge bodies, or to populate those spirits so that you can constantly keep reusing those effects. Mm-hmm. So, start. what's another commander that we can use to get back this kind of flipper? Uh, another commander that you recur it, or just another commander that can get value on it? Another commander that can help recur it. Okay, well, another commander that we were talking about that could possibly uh, recur it and will also dip into the green side of Populate is Glissa, the traitor, who is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three with First Strike and Death Touch. Am I wrong? No, you're And right. whenever an opposing creature dies, uh, you'll get to return an artifact from the graveyard to your hand. Yay! And let me tell you, friends, one thing Black is really good at doing is making sure opponent creatures die. Yeah, now remember, this is in fact a thing that's going to exile a target creature from your graveyard. So... Wait, no, that actually makes perfect sense. Never mind. We'll flex in that post. <laughs> no problem. Now, another one that you can look at, if you're playing, getting on the black-green plane, a lot of what we're talking about is barrels. Because a lot of the cards that go really good with the barrels, you know, stuff like Death Shadow, Phyrexian Dreadnought, when you think about it, those are really huge bodies that come with some sort of a drawback. You could actually just make a really huge body token, and then have a spirit that has all of the um, the downside, and then just be rid of the spirit, because all you need is the broad muscle power of that zombie. And because you're still in green, you can still populate that with, like, the uh, the Druid's Deliverance and all that. You know what's better than one 13-13 token, William? What? Multiple 13-13 tokens. Oh my god, that sounds so unlucky. How perfect, because we're on Innistrad. Womp womp. Oh god. And of course, you could also play, like, Hannah. You could also put Hannah into Shroom for some redundancy. But, Stark, we also figured out that, you know, this is actually pretty good if you're playing Red. Yeah, we actually haven't talked about Red yet, and I'm really excited to talk about this, because when he was debuted, Kirkash, Onaki Agent, was a legendary character that really inspired my interest, but I've never gotten around to building around him. Kirkash is a 4-mana 4-3 Ogre Spirit, and whenever you activate the ability of an artifact, if it is a mana ability, you 
you pay red. If you do, you'll copy that ability, and you can choose new target for the copy. So, for paying an extra red mana and sacrificing the soul separator, you can to double the effect and choose a second creature to reanimate while you're reanimating the first. That's just value right there. That is so good value in terms of just red stuff that's been done. Now, there is the idea that you would actually just be playing Felden, who kind of is that red reanimator already. But if you wanted something that is more artifact-themed, you didn't want to have to rely on straight Felden, this is actually a good way to get more value out of those red creatures, because let's face it, unless you're doing something like spamming an Elixir of Mortality or Felden Scan, you're not really getting those creatures back. Now, with that said, the red is a good way to get Soul Separator back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, red gives you access to ready, which is a boon to any artifact-based strategy. Are we going over to ready too, real quick? Yep. Or are we just talking about the old? Well, we're just talking about, well, not even just the ultimate. I was talking about, like, how he has, you know, exactly. Oh, I, didn't, I forgot even this entirely. Yeah, uh, Dreddy's minus two. Sacrifice an artifact. If you do, return to our artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield, which lets you recur, uh, not recur, uh, avoid the whole having to bring it back to your hand every cast. There's also that idea that he can actually discard creatures into the graveyard just for the soak, just for the soul separator to kind of rip apart. Yep. So as long as you have, like, a goblin tinker or whatever to keep, you know, bring him back. Because actually, Go ahead, if you cared about the big body, but not so much the effect, go ahead, no, wait. Yeah, do it with an artifact creature. Artifact creature comes into play, you can get rid of that little piddling spirit token that doesn't want to do it. Get back another one. No, get back the soul separator. Yeah, there we go. Keep yeah, that. because I will note that the spirit will not stop being artifact. It's still a robot ghost. It's a robot ghost. That's some Futurama bullshit right there. Yeah, it is. And if we're playing with the ready, if you manage to get the ultimate Amber Wolf, you are just unstoppable. You will be reanimating stuff until the cows come home. Or and then you will right. reanimate the cows. At least until you run out of cows. Well, then you'll kill the cows and reanimate them. But then you, you, just, you just need to be building the graveyard, which, let's see, you have the Maragorb do that, right? Yeah. Everyone knows my Maragorb. Especially me. Especially William. Hold on. Wait a second. The Rift Sweeper. Reanimate those. Let's see, you tear apart the Rift Sweeper. Sure, you get a 2 2 zombie, but then you also get a Rift Spirit, who puts the Rift Sweeper back into your deck. There we go. The Rift Sweeper is already alright for getting your face-up exiles back into your deck, which is, you know, tech that graveyard players will put into their decks in case a key piece gets exiled. But that does help. You know, we were talking about some of the more uh, more obvious ones, like the Miss Hollow Griffin and, uh, uh, what was it? Something elemental? Tornal. Oh, uh, Tornal. Yeah, the ones that can cast themselves from graveyard. Exile. Exile, yes. They can cast themselves from exile. So the Rift Sweeper is interesting because the token will get back Rift Sweeper, and then you can tutor out Rift Sweeper and use it to get back creatures that you've already soul-separated. Yeah, and that's what's going to help you keep going if you really want to dedicate to soul-separate. It's not even a problem that's going to be shuffled to your library, because Green has so many good ways to get creatures out of your library. Yeah, like uh, Survivor Post. And uh, theoretically Evolutionary Leap, if you're lucky. Or Fauna Shaman. Uh, I was about to say, one of my favorite cards of all time, Fauna Shaman. Yeah, Fauna Shaman. I wish I could make Fauna Shaman my commander. Now, if I was really going to try and do this right, I would for sure be playing green and white. Because then you can play Tristani. You have access to all oh. the popular cards already, like the Guild Mage and all, and all that. But Tristani is a huge one. You know, we were talking about, you know, one of the things you can do is put in, like, Titan. Titans get really this. Now, you can go ahead and play a green-white X deck. Tristani doesn't have to be the head of it. Because you already get some really good reanimation shenanigans going, going on there. Like, one of the things I used to love doing with Tristani was putting in a Tristani's Chosen underneath a Moon Fat. I'll make a... T- uh, copy of that for three mana. And then all the, the rhinos and centaurs and stuff would come out with it. And then Shosani would populate that token before it disappeared. And so that token would come into play and make a bunch of other stuff. You mean Shosani Summoner? You said you. Uh, yeah, I meant Summoner. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it because I got confused. and I'm, If I got confused, I'm sure to listen. 
Instant rhinos! Magical rhinos. Apply directly to the forehead. So Chachanzi's, so populate is probably the strongest thing I think you can do this. Because being able to populate that, like that spirit, you know, that mimic that dot, if the mimic that is not, you know, there, or maybe you can't afford one, or find one, or whatever, or you want to swap something else underneath the mimic that, you can still start populating that Chastani summoner. And now that summoner is just a little bit more useful because it can fly. Yep. And it's also making a zombie token too, so it's like making a bunch more tokens. It's just that much more value. Speaking of value, I think you get a lot of value from using the farmer goals from Gatecrash, which are some of my favorite cards. Oh dear lord, you're right. I love those things. Oh, we were talking about the monstrous cards. Because you get right. one, with the monstrous cards, you get one big zombie body, but then the spirit can also go monstrous. And now you got yeah. two decent sized bodies. Yeah, you'll have two decent sized bodies, and oftentimes, the, if you're playing it right, the, uh, the spirit will often get some sort of additional effect. Even something as simple as getting out Fleece Melee and monstering it, you'll have a 2-2 flyer that's also hexproof and indestructible. Yeah. That you can populate. Oh, wow. That's, that's actually kind of dumb. Like, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure you have to pay the monstrosity cost each time because I don't think you can copy monstrosity. No, you can't. Now, it's a, this comes with the, uh, the issue that Soul Separator is just a little bit dirtly. But it's still such a cool card to build around. It's just a fun concept. Yeah. It's one of those things that's just like, Hey, why don't you go through your entire collection and find cards that would cause interesting effects if this would be copied over again? If you would rip the soul out of it. Yeah, rip the soul out of it. Alright, so guys, because it's just me and Stark, that is the end of the, of the technology segment. Unless, Stark, uh, you thought of something else? Uh, didn't we miss something? The, the first creature we talked about? The uh, big, big Daddy Red Black? Yeah, you're right. Master Cruelties. Have you guys ever wanted to have a 1-1 flying token with first strike and death touch and flying that could block everything and then kill it without dying in return? You can have that now. And then you also have a 1-4 body just for funsies. And hey, if it can fly and unblocked, I mean, oops, uh-oh, you're at one life now. Now see, here's the thing about the Master of Cruelties. When you turn that into a flying 1-1, you've created a wasp. You've created a motherfucking spawn of evil bullshit. Like, that's all you need to take down Emrakul. Yeah, Emrakul can attack into it, but she's gonna die to a, to a, a bee sting. A hellaciously angry Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I have to give you props on that one, Stark. Good situation to be sitting behind a 1-1 flying first strike death touch. That's probably... You can populate. God. Just have a, a wall of bees. Oh, it's hard to populate knowing red and black, isn't it? Oh, well. Oh, you can, that, you can play, like, red, black, white, I guess? You want to play, like, Alesha? Ah, uh, that's potential. Oh. I mean, Master of Cool is already bonkers in Alesha, so... Well, that's just straight one-shot combo. Alright guys, so if you have ideas for what we can do with Soul Separator, because I'm sure you guys have things that we haven't even thought of, go ahead and let us know in the comments, on the Facebook pages, or on the Twitters. Next up, we're going to go into our strategy segment, and there's a reason we were talking about Giselle and Bruno earlier. Stay tuned. So Garner's the last Archangel. The last Archangel is in captivity. Innistrad is now at war. No, no, a- Avicen is no longer there. Giselle and Bruna have been melded together. Zagarda is the last uncorrupted Archangel. I think you missed my reference, but it's okay. What? That's the opening of Super Metroid. The last Metroid is to capture the galaxy. But, like, I feel like if Zagarda were captured, Inishtai would not be at peace. No, she's like the last passion of hope. She is pretty much our last. Today's strategy segment. I bring up, I want to ask Stark a question that was actually brought by Aaron on Twitter. Mr. Uncle Landorf himself. So Stark, 
We want to play Brazella as our commander. Because remember, if you're playing either half as your commander, then Brazella's combat damage still counts as commander damage. Brazella's yes. just horrifying. 9-10, first strike, vigilance, and lifelink. And your opponents can't cast spells with commander cost 3 or less. If we want to get to that, we have to use either Gisela or Bruna as your commander. Yes, you do. Now, which one are you using? So we've talked about this, and I thought this over, and I think my choice is going to be Bruna, the Fading Light, as the commander. Alright, so I'm actually able to just use Gisela, so I'll let you have first grab sets. Okay, so the first thing of all is that Gisela doesn't actually have like any effects to her. She's just like a 4-3 flying beatstick. Like, she's extremely rad at that. She's very good at her job. But when it comes to your commander, you have to realize that it's going to be something you're going to have access to for the vast majority of the game unless something extremely strange happens. So a lot of times commanders that have some sort of interesting effect, you can gain value out of them all the time, so it's probably going to be your best bet. And plus, it also means that you can build up that commander, because regardless, we're going to be playing mono regardless, so it's not like we're going to be able to find some way to cheat green in here. So it's good to know that we have a guaranteed access to Bruno when we're ready to cast her. Um, it's probably not going to be too difficult to find a way to find and cast Gisela. And even if we do that and she ends up in the graveyard, when you cast Bruna as your commander, she's going to be able to bring Gisela back in the graveyard, and then they're instantly going to meld the perfect happiness of forever and ever and ever. Plus, uh, there's a lot of potential in just using Bruna as a value engine by flickering her, recasting her, and doing all that kind of thing, and just getting random angels and demons that don't even have to Well, here's the thing about Bruna, though. Bruna isn't on cast, so flickering and blinking doesn't actually do anything. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, you would have to actually just bounce her straight back to your hand in order to actually recast her. And creatures with on-cast effects are actually really good. You know, the Eldrazi are actually really good. Arizona Coast Life is really good. But here's the one flaw in Stark Jackson. No, he's using the full name. That means he's serious. She is seven mana in mono white. That is a lot of mana in mono white. You are correct in that, you know, Bruna can actually get back to Zella, which is actually a good reason to use her, you know, and she gets some good value off of that. For 7 mana, you can get 2 bodies, and that is really good. Here's my problem, though. In Mono White, you're not going for, like, the super long game where you have, like, a bunch of lands and you're consistently getting your land dropped every turn. You know, even with help of screens like Burner's Heart and all that. 7 mana is a lot of mana. 7 mana is, in fact, many a mana. I just don't see casting her more than maybe twice a game. And there are plenty of games out there where... If you can't keep up with how many times you have to catch your commander sometimes, you just lose. Or you never have access to him ever again. Like, I think after the second casting, you know, she's going to go up to 11 mana. Most mono white decks aren't ever actually going to be able to come up with that at all. Either because people are blowing up your mana rocks to keep you from that, or you're just never going to see that many lands. And if you are, you flood out so horribly that you just actually want to shoot yourself. So you're going to end up sending her to the discard pile to try and reanimate her later. And then, okay, you're not getting her cast triggers, so you're having to try and bring back Bruno and Giselle with some amount of reanimation that you may or may not see. Mm. Now, my reason for why you should go with Gisela, you know what this reminds me of? What is it? The argument that we're having now actually kind of reminds me of uh, that classic two-headed ogre thing. Like, I don't want to say Rogue Thar, but I just mean, like, in general, where it's always, like, the two heads fighting. You mean just the trope in general? Yeah, just the trope in general. Or that three-headed giant guy from uh, Monty Python and the Hand Rail. Yeah, can't disagree with you there. Or or the uh, two-headed giant from uh, Hearthstone. I was about to say, we only have, like, two heads. We don't have a third. That's the problem, honestly. Yeah, but... Or Cat Dog. God, I haven't seen that show. Just... So, here's the thing about Giselle. She can't get back her sister, but she is a much better standalone man. 
you know, she has flying, first strike, and lifelink. Then she's a 4-3. 4-3 is not the biggest body, but it's a fantastic body for augmentation. You can go ahead and recast her quite a few more times than Bruna. And White already plays very well with equipment, so I feel like just having a sort of natural Voltron strategy to protect Gisela helps out Frizella too, because Frizella is already really big, but you already have built-in protection for your deck. Like, you have Lightning Grease and Boots and all that, you might have Sword. You have ways to give her Hexproof Shroud because of all this equipment, so that's going to help protect the giant thing that you just melded together. And that's stuff that's already good on Gisela as her own. It becomes a sort of Sephiroth moment where you go, this isn't even in her final form, and she gets that much harder to kill, because now she's so big. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I like the idea of having Gisela as, like, a mono-white aggressive deck that also packs Bruna as, like, an end-game plan for cases go wrong. Also, I can't believe I didn't realize this sooner, but Brazella's power and toughness are literally just Zella and Bruna's power and toughness added together. You want to know what else? What? Brazella's name is also just their names added together. What? Womp womp womp. Also, also their abilities. Because Bruna has flying vigilance, and Zella has flying lifelink and first strike, and Brazella has all of those. I don't know where the hell this King Caspos and Converter Man called Sir Less Nonsense came from, though. I mean, it's kind of a beard. I guess they just didn't want people going abrupt decay your. Well, no, Abarth Decay doesn't actually work, because it's kind of, I think it's kind of like supposed to be like a, a split card, because she has the Converted she either has the, she has uh, either Converted Man cost, she also has both, I think, at the same time. Brazella's Converted Man cost is the combined Converted Man cost, so yes. Uh, so, so you can't just yeah. Abarth Decay. Yes. Brazella's Converted Man cost is technically like a lot. Yeah, and that's a lot. But you yes. know what? Which is, which is, Zella, you're only playing that four, and then six. And then 8 is kind of expensive, but sometimes she's still... 8's one more than Bruna. Yeah, 8's one more than Bruna, but at that point, Opal Palace is giving Giselle, like, three counters. I think... I, I like your idea. It's just that with my idea, my hope is that once you cast Bruna once, you won't have to cast her again, because you're probably winning the game soon as Giselle shows up. Yeah. You have, a, you have a commander that, if you buff it up two points of power, it kills him. No, yeah. It will kill him two hits, not one hit. It doesn't have a double strike. I mean, Bruna is better on the defensive. I think the deck that where Giselle's focus versus Bruna are actually kind of different. With Bruna, you do have a more... I think you actually focus more on the reanimation aspect. You know, like, uh, kind of like a Rhea Dawnbringer shell, but slightly different. Rhea's so slow, and she costs nine. I would rather play Bruna over Rhea any day, even though Rhea's, you know, she's going to get something back every turn. Why will? Why will? It seems like having Gisela as the commander and having Bruna as the commander involves two completely different decks. And based on the style of the deck for to play, maybe either of them can make a commander. What? Sorry. Because that maybe not... you use Gisela, who's much more aggressive and can be thrown into the fray and recast more easily once Bruna shows up. Or maybe you can have Bruna as the commander and go full pillow for it and just wait until you have seven mana and then you can start winning the game. It's almost like two entirely different styles are encapsulated within these two commanders that end up winning in the same way. Well, sometimes. Zilla can probably beat you before Priscilla shows up. But Stark, you just single-handedly killed the argument. Yeah, well, Emrakul also single-handedly killed Anastrad, so it fits. Anastrad's not dead yet. We have the moon. It's not dead yet. No. Feeling quite fine. I think I'll go walk around for a bit. I'm a plane, I can't do that. No, but this is actually really sweet. Like, if I was going to go with one, Gisela is, I feel just so much better, just because she has that first strike in life link. And that whole life gaining aspect is something I really value. Plus, she has first strike on four power, which is pretty relevant. Most of the time. Yeah, and I think you shouldn't sleep on Bruna because I think she has a lot of potential. But hey, you know what? 
If they can meet in the middle on this, so... Well, they did meet in the middle. That's how Bazella happened. <laughs> oh, God, that's a monstrosity. Stuck in the middle with you. Oh, my God. Wait, what, a beautiful, I, I, what a beautiful ending that is like. You know, I think when Watsi wanted magic to bring people to, together, this wasn't quite what they had in mind. I'm just Honestly, I'm just glad this didn't happen to Scarlet. I think I would have actually cried if this had happened to Scarlet. Yeah, I completely understand. <sighs> Scarlet will always be in a trash Oh, so that well, maybe, be... maybe maybe when the next abomination happens, they're just gonna give Sagarda a bazooka. I hope they do. That's really all we can do right now. Her her legendary girl would be called Sigarda, Done messing around. Dear God, you've already taken her sisters from her. There's nothing else you can do except her, like just people. It'll be a transform card. It'll, it'll trigger like Addison. Like next time a non angel dies, Sigarda gets serious. Her flavor text is they took her sisters. They took her people, and this time. It's personal. Alright then. So that's it for our strategy segment. Again, just because it's me and Stark and not much anyone else. But if you guys ha- want to weigh in on this debate, go ahead and let us know what you guys think. Again, in the comments, on the Facebooks, on the Twitters. Next up, we're going to go into my last segment. And this is going to be probably the second biggest announcement, which is a more bigger announcement than the first. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm sorry, I just really like Terminator theme. What the? I, I haven't. Actually, I'm making no implications. I'm genuinely sorry. I haven't even finished Terminator. Like I started watching the first movie, and then like I got pulled away from the TV for some reason. Information for me, but I haven't watched Terminator at all. And yet you're doing that? What the hell, Stark? It's a good theme song. I didn't even know where it was from the first time I heard it. I know that bit. <laughs> like the first time I listened to Calvin's remix for the intro, it was the heavy metal meets Terminator music, and I didn't even know it was Terminator until, like, forever. Yeah, that's the one. Just in case Kevin decides to put it in there. <sighs> Alright, so finally, on our community segment, this is probably bigger and as we retiring this one. So, guys... You might remember that, let's see, on 20, I want to say it's 2012, yeah, it's probably 2012, around August-ish, I came out to the public as bisexual, because that was, you know, this was a, this is a big platform, and that was the thing I wanted to go ahead and get out there, get some bias really going up, and I'm generally proud of who and what I am, plus, you know, it was, I actually had that plan for like the, uh, coming out day, week, or whatever, so, that was my big whole thing doing it. Because, you know, it does help empower and console people to realize that there are other people like them out there. People who, you know, like the same things they are or are going through the same experiences. And for me, it was really important to put that out there. Granted, I got like maybe two or three tweets that said, Yeah, great for you and all, but I don't agree with that, so I'm going to stop listening to the podcast. Well, we didn't need you anyway. Thanks for listening. There is... Harsh. Harsh, but true. Harsh, but true. This one is going to be a little rockier. So, this isn't... There's no actual, I want to say, easy way, per se, for me to say this, but... They're both demanded. I'm transitioning. For the... There was one other thing that I said that day I came out, way back when, with the whole bisexual announcement, and that was uh, I identify as a woman. And I never really 
did anything with that, so it's just kind of receded. But you know, this whole the, for the past uh, for the past year actually since January, I have been exploring different aspects of myself, and right now I'm going through a transition. That's right. I am at this point officially transgender. At this point in time, I have been living full time as a woman for I want to say getting close to two months. Everyone in my area has been incredibly supportive. My work environment, my friends, definitely my siblings and my family. You know, I recently made up, I hadn't seen my parents for the past two years because they handled my sexuality coming out so poorly, I felt. And I saw them for the first time last week, at, not as their son, but as their daughter. And we finally made up. They weren't happy about this, but they wanted their child back in their life, and that was really emotional to just finally be able to connect with them. There are people who already know about this, people on the site and all that, like uh, Clay and Calvin are friends with me on Facebook, so they already know. Uh, Cassie Silva over on CCG Player, you know, writer, was it writer wrong? Yeah. You know, and just a bunch of people who I know being really supportive. So, this isn't me, you know, th- there's no fast pull here last week last night, but this is Will's last episode or anything like that, and oh, you know, I'm going to come up with a new idea. No, I am still actually just done hosting the show for now, but this is something that I wanted to go ahead and get out there, because I'm still going to be doing the videos, and it's no longer going to be, hey, this is William, I'm your, your host, and welcome to the Alpha Build or anything like that. No. As far as this is all concerned, this is the last time, this is the last episode that I will actually be responding to or going by the name William. Going forward, my name will be Rachel, and that is my wish. I only ask people to respect that. Um, I actually managed to schedule an appointment with a doctor to start talking and possibly going on hormones for hormone replacement therapy in August. So I'm actually going to be looking forward to it. I've gone through laser hair removal surgery at once. I've got another appointment coming up on the 13th. So... Pay attention to Twitter and you'll see me crying in agony as lasers burn my face off. Dear God, that is smart. You know, and I'm sure at this point, if people, there are people who want to know, you know, like, how and when. And I don't mind sharing those bits. You know, just the, the how, it was originally just me, you know, trying to figure out if this was just a cross-dressing thing or actually how I wanted to identify as. And, you know, I had an open weekend in April. I went out with my sister to, you know, just a, a Myers, which is a local chain here up in the Midwest. It's kind of like it's kind of like a Walmart, only a little nicer because it's a regional chain, not a national, worldwide one. So went, picked out some clothes for the first time, and I just walked into the store dressed like a, the way I wanted to, you know, with a skirt, with a blouse, with a bra on, and that was it. Made me really happy. It was very exciting for me, and I kept wearing clothes like that, and I kept feeling happy about that and it got to the point where when I wear my guy clothes you know out in public because you know my clothes are in the wash or you know I'm in a rush or I just need to get a lot of good work done you know I feel that it's for you now I feel I don't want to be addressed as a guy I don't want to present as a guy so as for the when like I said I started around late winter last year I started reading a webcomic called Rain LGBT, and it's it's pretty amateur on the art, but it's a very good story. And if you have 
know, any interest in LGBT characters or anything like that. It's one I actually do highly recommend. And as I was reading this, I just felt so strongly with the main character, who is a trans girl, going through her struggles of transition, that I really had to start second-guessing, you know, just how seriously and how long I wanted to put doing stuff like this off, you know, the exploration of my identity. So, for the first four months, it was more, you know, expo- kind of theoretical exploring, just talking about with people and stuff like that. April was the first time I started dressing the way that I wanted, presenting the way I wanted, and just since then, I've had a lot of people talking to me just about this in general, offering words of advice and all that, because I wasn't, the classic narrative with people who are transsexual and transgender are, you know, they know from a very young age, yeah, no, I knew from a young age that I, that I was a girl, or I was a boy, or I wasn't like this, or something felt really wrong, you know, and, you know, there's some accident about that. I have, I don't want to say been 100 completely secure with myself, you know, there are still things that are, you know, there's some things about my body, about, about me that I get not necessarily insecure, but self-conscious about, you know, like facial hair and, and all that. But for the most part, I was very content with how life kind of felt outside of this constant yearning to try living life this way, to be this thing that I wasn't. And I liken, I liken it to, you know, using an older phone. You know, before I was using a smartphone, I was, you know, using like a clamshell phone. Before I upgraded to my new phone, my smartphone was very old and very basic. And I was okay with that. I was satisfied with what it was doing for me. I didn't really see a reason to upgrade. But then you do get that upgrade to the brand new shiny smartphone. And you kind of go, how was I enjoying life before this? How, you know, this new phone just makes me so much happier because it does things so much more reliably, so much faster. It can do so many more things. And you look at the old phone and you go, why would I ever go back to that old phone when I have this brand new one? And that's what this transition has actually felt like. It's felt like, why would I ever actually go back to being or presenting as a man when I'm so much happier presenting as a female? And that's really a lot of what this journey has been. So part of this announcement has been to, you know, if you know people like this, if you are someone like this, you know, you've had these desires to explore and try and figure some stuff out. That I very much encourage you to do that because, you know, this has been a lot of me talking to a therapist, to me slowly push, slowly but surely pushing my boundaries of comfort and just figuring this stuff out to ultimately get to where I'm currently at. And I still have quite a ways to go, but, you know, knowing that, not knowing for sure, like from an early age, don't let that discourage you from actually trying this out. And maybe... You know, figuring out that this is you, that you do, that you are best as what you're not right now, if that makes any sense at all. I didn't plan this speech out ahead of time. I just need bullets I want to say. And a lot of this is just ad lib. I might or may not be starting to ramble now. You're rambling, but I'm not going to worry about it. But you have this, so I can apply. <sighs> Thank you, Stark. But. I mean, I have, I have very little to say about the whole thing in general because, like, not much I can say about it, but I do want to make sure everyone knows that I'm supportive. I agree with you and everything you want to do. I've been supportive of you. Well, at least I think I've been supportive of you. But regardless, it's important to bring something like this up because there's a lot of people like you who maybe like don't know if transitioning is for them because they haven't been struggling with something like that since they were a kid. And it might help to know that someone of your age that you might know, be familiar with, is also struggling with that kind of thing. It might give them courage to also look into something they might be uh, interested in doing. Thank you, sir. 
Because transitioning isn't for everyone, but it, for the people who is, it counts. Yeah, like, I'm 25 right right now, and it's very, it's actually not uncommon for people to, you know, this late, quote-unquote, in figuring out who they are on this level. There are people who go into their 30s and 40s and even their 50s before they actually do something about that. And when I think about what I want to look like, you know, 10, 20 years from now, I want it to be feminine. So, guys, William is no longer the owner and host of Commander Cast or Commander Cast Prime or anything like that. My name is Rachel Hernandez, and it has been an honor and a privilege and a definite pleasure to have been your podcast host for the past two years. Thank you very much for your support. And with that, guys, let's go ahead and go to our outside. Alright guys, this has been Commander Cast episode 253. I want to go ahead and thank Stark for being out here, because otherwise it was just going to be me with that last segment, letting you guys all know kind of what was going on and all that. Thanks, Stark. It would have been really awkward to have you argue for and against Revenge at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I think we get to the point of schizophrenia through that. Dangerous level of schizophrenia. But no, I, I appreciate you asking me, and I always appreciate giving some time to you guys so I can go on the show if I need to. Yep, it's just unfortunate that Calvin was actually on a bus to work at this point, which... Maybe, bus back. Yeah. He just got off. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, Calvin's on a bus. Saying I was... Yes, that's the important. They're probably doing their own podcast. Little, little baby mini podcast on the bus. It's like it's like Mark Rosa drive to work, except it's riding the bus home. Put on a bus? Oh, that has some bad connotations, actually. At least you that stuff... Please, please don't put Calvin on the bus. I like him. I'm already losing you. I don't want to lose Calvin, too. No worry, guys. You aren't losing. Remember, I am still going to own the website and still hang around. I am still running our social medias and the alphabets. Because so those things... Yeah, and I'll still show up as a casual guest now that I actually have time to, you know, like, man, I'm sure I'm still going to have things that I want to pop in and say every now and then. Like, hell, it might even be a, hey, we need a guest. Hey, Rachel, you, uh, you doing anything right now? No? Well, we're dragging you back on. Alright, so I'm, go- I'm going, but I'm not going, going. Alright, but Sark, if people are going to get in contact with you, how can you do that? Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at el.starko at gmail.com. You can contact me on Twitter at StarkMaximum, and you can find my blog, StarkMaximum.tumblr.com, where I mostly just for blog pages of characters I want to play in future Pathfinder and D&D games. But hey, maybe you'll find interest in that. Alright, so if you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on the emails, wiehernandez at gmail.com. There's no reason for me to change that. That's my official business professional like email account. But if you've been following me on the Twitters, which is at bluerin1409, then you may or may not have actually noticed me going through the transition on social medias. Like, for a while, I actually had my name hyphenated William-Rachel, but it's actually just been recently that I've actually taken off William completely. Start getting to test that. Yep. It's right. been a fun time. Right. Ride. So if you want to message Commander Cast, which I am also still running, you can be sure to hit us up on the Facebook page. You can also tweet us at CommanderCast or email us CommanderCast at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see if we can get someone to read off any of the five-star review ones. I'm not going to be here for that. Which means you had your chance, people. For those of you who did take that chance, thank you very much. But for those of you who were thinking about getting me to say something, but 
well, I'm not going to be around anymore, so... Missed your chance, guys. Sorry. You missed your chance to hear that wonderful voice say butt. Why would I say butt? Aha! I did it! I saved everyone who wanted to hear you say butt part. I'm the hero, Commander Cast! Okay! I'm confused. Let's keep going with the intro. Sure thing. So, if you like what we do here, but you don't just want to leave reviews or comments or anything like that, consider supporting us on the Patreon. Some of you guys are already donating already, and that helps pay for the web hosting fees, that help pay for the alpha build videos, because I am, in fact, a very poor woman. I am living paycheck to paycheck. So that Patreon money does help out a lot of stuff that I still really enjoy doing, which is helping out with the podcast, because it's just more of admin, social media stuff now, and the videos. Big thanks to all of you at the Commander Cast Network. You've all been very supportive, and it's been just fantastic. You know, everyone who's created new shows, new content, new articles, everything like that. I am just one girl, and doing this on my own was just never going to happen. I'm so glad that all of you have been helping out with that. Music for our show is the XP Tell Me Money series by 331 E-Rock. Guys, this might be the last time I ever see you podcast-wise, but as always, Commander Cast will be back next week with more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it! I will say, though, that I started watching My Hero Academia. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that, too! Yeah, because I know you were all up on the manga, right? Oh, I haven't been able to read it, but I, I'm, I'm just familiar with, like, specific characters. More accurately, specific character. More accurately, the frog girl. Yes, I know you were all about that frog girl before, so I... I thought I'm all about that one. I know you told me about her before, and I was like, Oh, hey, if I, that's, it's that show that Stark likes. It finally got an anime. I thought it was already anime, but okay. Yeah, no, it was just a manga. Ah, but the problem is that Funimation is actually live... Isn't actually dubbing it as the season goes on, so it's one of those uh, simulcast things. The problem is my Funimation subscription ran out, so I can't Oof. actually watch it dub, and I like dub. Yeah, I know what you mean. I kind of want to see it dubbed. You just hear what uh fucking Suyu's voice sounds like. Yeah, so I've only seen like the first episode, but I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of it. I hope she just sounds like a girl who has her tongue sticking out at all times. I. That's how I always imagined her voice sounding. I kind of want to get the subscription just so I can find out for you. I'm sure I can probably find out on YouTube. Probably, but. And once I get a job again, I can probably just subscribe to Funimation and find it legit. Yeah, Funimation. So how's your quote-unquote vacation time been going? Uh, <laughs> it's a little rough, honestly. It's like it's great to have all this on myself, but also I'd like to have money to pay for food. Yeah, food's important. I mean, not that I would know. I was living off of chocolate chip cookies for the past day and a half. I have no no room to to argue because I bet that I just ordered pizza for the night. Yeah, like uh, I actually had. Uh, went over to to the girlfriends for Fourth uh, of July, and I she had me make homemade cookies. And this is a recipe that calls for three sticks of butter. Goodness gracious! But they're so good. 
I mean, it sounds like it would be amazing, but also three six of butter. Yeah, I mean, I only took home like half of the batch, but that's a big gallon sized bag full of like little small cookies. So I just kind of let all the regulars and friends that showed up by the car shop that day let, let them all have one. Oh, that's a good idea. Yep, it's all the pleasure and all the praise of being a great cook without the guilt of having to consume all those calories. And also without the need to actually cook. So that's also an advantage. The Asian time was actually pretty good. I should have been working on alpha build videos during that week, and I kind of forgot. Fortunately, I already had the deck loaded up, so I could just start playing. I've got to play two more games on Moto for that, so I can upload them for tomorrow. I've actually been playing a lot of Pauper online. Ooh, how's that going? A lot of fun, actually. I have a couple decks now, and it's easy to build up like a like a little gallery of Pauper decks when they all cost like 15 to 20 bucks at most. You know, what uh, the, right. you, know, you know what the great thing about Enlightened Tutor is? What is it? It's that it was so far out for the Alpha Belt that I actually got like 30 other cards, and those still didn't hit a PayPal minimum, so I actually had to get Enlightened Tutor, and Enlightened Tutor just made all those other cards free, because they were like a penny each. Amazing. Because if you order like off of Geo Traders, you use like, you're paying with PayPal, you can use that PayPal discount code to get 5% off. Oh, hey, cool. And that frequently pays for everything except for like one or two cards that cost more than a dollar each. Sounds right. Oh, and I finally finished watching Gurren Lager with Ashley. Ooh. How'd that go? I did a lot of crying. I, that, that tends to be how that show ends. Like, not, not Also, I, that tends to be how that show is halfway through. <laughs> I just mean, like, in general. Like, not just, like, when Kamina died or, like, at the end. For That's the, what like, I and everything. I just mean, like, every time things started getting inspirational or emotional or anything like that, I would just start crying. Because that, that show means so much to me. It's just from last year and struggling while getting burned out at the warehouse and all that. That's how Colonel Hagen tends to roll. And then it's still relevant like a whole year later. And that's part of what I love about the show. The, the, the lessons and the morals from that show are just, they're always relevant. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in me who believes in you. The fact that we're all constantly growing and improving ourselves. You know, just constantly moving forward and getting better and better. It's an amazing show and I just, if I had, if I was actually going to start my own religion, I would just say I'm a spiralist. <laughs> like, I would legit start my own religion just to say I'm a spiralist. Careful with stuff like that. That's how Scientology got started. So what you're saying is, if I can trick famous voice actors into becoming spiralists, I can make money on this. Oh, no. Menegas.com